We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another episode of the DTF Podcast. Hey, I got a bone to pick. <laughs> Guys, I am so fired up. Sleep deprived and all. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> you probably cut off your hot dog. You don't need it on a pot. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of the DTF Podcast here on the Field of 68 Media Network. My name is Rob Doster. I have with me John Fanta. I have with me fresh off of his first career NBA game. The one and only Terrence Oglesby. Terrence, congrats on finally reaching your dream of getting to the league. How's it feel, man? (laughs) (laughs) That was a little subtle dig there. I like it. (laughs) I like this energy coming into this podcast right away. Uh, And and I'm glad you're in a good mood for your first workout in like two years. It wasn't two years, but it was like. He gets gets his first workout in Fanta. He comes in, his endorphins Mm -hmm. are high, and then he comes in throwing uh, all kinds of stuff. Now, the Hornet stuff was fun. Uh, you do it right in the middle of the concourse, which is different for me. I've never done anything like it. And the cool part was, was, uh, people were stopping saying hello. And then one guy at the end of the game, I had one rookie mistake where I didn't plug my mic in. Other than that, went great. Uh, one guy, (laughs) one guy at the end, we're on live TV. I'm panicking. I have no idea what's happening. I can't hear anybody. Uh, but they were like, well, that's, that's the one we're good. But dead center of our camera shot right before we go live, dude throws up. (laughs) <laughs> hey, I don't know. Did after I send you the guys, game, did I send you guys a video of after uh of a Biggie's media day when we had Sean Miller on, and there's some guy in the background walking on the edge of the court, and he ends up falling off right into one of the tables where he had the breakout rooms for all the players. Did, I, I got yes. some that to you guys. It's really got funny. that video. It was really awesome. Just glad you didn't wipe out at the garden. That would have been bad. Um, P- Patelis had a good one too. Whoever that was behind Patino, like. The- that was uh that was Saint Eyes John's. wide open. He was eight, full alert. He was on full alert. That was uh that Nothing was going to happen to Patino under his watch. That was what going to happen <laughs> under his watch. <laughs> that was that was Saint John's SID who was uh into the moment, shall we say? Um, all funny. right. So we're we're going to do a Big Twelve preview here today, and we got a lot to talk to. So I want to get into that pretty quickly. And I do want to ask you guys about this whole Mackenzie and Baco situation because, like, how dumb can you be? But first and foremost, Fanta. Yesterday. I was at SoCon Media Day. Yeah, do you know so what? Fun. Do you know what? Do you know what team is in the SoCon? Mercer. Do you know who Mercer's Mercer. head coach is? Greg Gary. Greg do Gary. You know what, do you know what Greg Gary did? Well, Greg this, Gary uh, beat Terrence cheated Ogilvy. his way to a trophy. He Greg cheated Gary, his way to a trophy. Greg Gary be- beat Terrence Oglesby, and he owns the hardware <laughs> that Terrence will <laughs> loathe forever. Yeah, so he wanted. Bad. He wanted so me to uh, to pass on a message, and he just wanted you to know that um, the trophy is getting a little bit 
heavy and cumbersome because it's just so big and it takes up so much space in his house. So he's not sure what he's going to end up doing with it. It just, you know, he might end up throwing it out. So he just, he wanted me to let you know that that's okay. I have two, I have two issues. I have two issues with this and then we'll get to the big 12. First issue is uh, Gary played on his high school golf team and he was playing at a 24 handicap. That's an issue. That's an issue. That's a lot of strokes. (laughs) Second issue is you can't just have the after the tournament dinner or lunch or whatever, and then you show up an hour later than everybody haven't been keeping up with your score the entire round because they count it digitally and then come in and say you shot 25 under as a group. There's no shot that that happened. Zero. None. That hardware should be mine. And the bad part is I'm in a group chat with him and Hummel, and I'll get a picture of Greg Gary holding his trophy once a month. Good. <laughs> and it hurts. You it. It you, hurts. Should it. you should get it Only once a week. Only once a month? Should be Only once, once a, a month. Ah, Greg's busy. Hummel's busy. You know how it is. Greg's not that busy. He told us some ridiculous stories. <laughs> Did you know that when he was in uh, – in college, he used to dip in the layup lines, but he wouldn't have a spitter, so he would just. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know. That. I didn't know that. Hey, man! Hey, Southern Conference got some great dudes leading their teams. I mean, it's a fun group of fun group of coaches. They've got stories for days, and it, over the last ten years, it's been the launching pad for so many coaches to get really, really good jobs. So, a lot of a lot of great personalities really for the players. See the Langley brothers. We had them on. We they're you great. guys will appreciate this. We uh, so they're twins, right? And we got them on. We just asked them, you have to answer this at the same time. Who's better at certain things? And we were like, who's a better shooter? They were both like, me, same time. Who's a better <laughs> defender? They both said me, same time. And then we asked them, who's better looking? And they both said me. And they're like, nah, it's me, me, for sure, me. <laughs> yeah. They're identical they're great. twins. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and that, I don't know if you remember back when they were in high school, they won the Peach Champ. They ran that mm-hmm. Nike wow. circuit. And, yeah. and they were they were under-recruited because they were a little small. But Kobe's the better defender. Keyshawn's better offensively, I would say. Yep. Yeah, it was yeah, uh, it was you, a... go ahead, John. You you go from Bob Ritchie to Mike Jones to Bucky McMillan, Eds to Dan Earl. I mean, that 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 league is really good with coaches. They they've yeah, got really they've got good quality coaching in that conference. And I agree. I first off, love the coverage and have loved the media day coverage. Because as, as a viewer, as a viewer, it's awesome. And as a fan, it's awesome because what's being shed light on is these conferences that deserve the attention. And the SOCON deserves more attention. That league yep. is producing great stories in March. And mm-hmm. and that can be seen, you know, when, when you look at, at last year, what Furman was able to do. Yep. SOCON, CAA, Summit League, WCC. <laughs> the thumbs up. Oh, I'm not even doing Mountain anything. West. I'll do this, and I'll be like itching. Well, anyway, SoCon, yep. CAA, Mountain West. You guys did it all. You know that that, that win that win by Furman got clouded. I felt by FDU pulling it off over Purdue, and by Princeton, you know, mm-hmm. knocking off Arizona and then knocking off Missouri. Like we should not for the SoCon produced an unbelievable finish to an NCAA tournament game, an all-time choke by Virginia. And one of the wildest things you will ever see on the other side for the Paladins. Yep. But we all should have known they would have won because we had them in the inaugural Field of 68 broadcast. You know, what I, you know what I love about that? We have a group text, me, the, the three of us, and Bob Ritchie. And after that shot went in, all of us were like, let's go. Let's go Furman, Paladins. Da, da, da. And it wasn't for like a week and a half later that he finally texted back. He was like, hey, guys, 
Sorry, I just saw this. I was like, <laughs> Bob, we're watching the Elite Eight right now. What have you been doing for the I took a selfie days? of me screaming. <laughs> <laughs> that happened. That, oh, that's a real man. thing. That, that wasn't the only time that's ever happened for you. Nope. No, no, no definitely <laughs> Yeah, not. that's probably true. Hey, you guys missed it before we hit record. Like, T.O. is on one right now. I don't know how much coffee he's had, how much espresso he's had. He's on like four hours of sleep, but. Uh, we have we have quintessential to you. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the 2022 bracket show when you were on no sleep and just how you're firing Miami to the Elite Eight. Let's go. And you ended up getting it right. All right. So we're going to talk about the Big 12. I do want to ask you guys, though, Mackenzie Mbako, uh was arrested at it was like 3 a.m. Outside of Taco Bell, arguing with Taco the Bell staff in the drive-thru. Like, he was trying to go through the drive-thru. They messed up his order. He got in a fight with those or Not a fight, but he got in an argument with those people. Wouldn't leave. They called the police. He wouldn't leave after the police showed up. He ended up having, like, a window broken, pulled out of the car, arrested, bailed out at 5 a.m. All in all, like, probably not the worst thing a college kid could do on campus, but how dumb can you be? It just the, the thing that gets me. That's not the question here. That's not the question here. The question is, how good is Taco Bell? Well, <laughs> and apparently Baco, it's really good. I'm I'm not going to say that I would get arrested for it, but I, I'd be yeah. willing. I'd be willing to fight employees if they wouldn't give me my order. But that, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, I, it's very good. Ground beef chalupa combo for me is uh, is as good as communion. I mean that <laughs> that stuff is just fantastic. That is God's gift to us all. You know what my go to is, Fanta? I go and I get one of the cheesy bean and rice burritos. I get a cheesy gordita crunch, and then like I've kind of been dabbling. They got this grilled cheese burrito thing that they make, which is like they, you know, how when you put cheese on a frying pan, it melts, but it doesn't stick to the frying pan, and then it gets sticky on the top, and it's crispy on the bottom. You just wrap that around a burrito, and you wonder why I need to start hitting the gym, To it's fantastic. Like you're looking at me say, like I'm crazy. We gotta come. We gotta come up with some better late night options because we're burning the midnight oil a lot. There's we gotta not- have more. There's not a lot of late night options anymore. All not. Places have grown soft. I mean, the places don't stay open late anymore. Taco Bell is in a rare breed of its own. So Mackenzie and Bacco, and Bacco, I don't fault you at all for staying in the Taco Bell drive-thru. What I fault is someone should have taken you to Taco Bell and gotten that all done, that situation done. The fact no. of the matter and is And also, this, like, leave when the cops old. are there. Leave when the cops are there. Like, yeah. this is this will be a... He's going to run like Mike Woodson's going to run him. He's probably going to be suspended for a game. Like he's got a little bit of embarrassment now, but like the learning lesson here is you're, like people are always going to piss you off. There's always going to be arguments, stuff in fast food, drive throughs wherever customer service, like whatever you kind of got to walk away at some point, man. What would be better if, if now Taco Bell, like doubled down and NIL them. And I was like, Hey dude, <laughs> yes, we love, we love how much you love our product. And the fact that you're willing to get arrested mm-hmm. over a chalupa speaks volumes to our product. Would people laugh at do, that? Do the right, well, do question. the right thing. Do the right thing, Taco Bell. He do was the right wait, thing. His NIL deal, Mackenzie and Baco. He was saved <laughs> by the bell. <laughs> That's it. He wasn't saved by the bell. The bell never oh, came. They gave him the NIL deal. He was saved by the bell. Are you? Just, oh, okay. Get the, I like get that the brand new. Get the brand new. Angry burrito in Bloomington. Are you just so pissed off that you need Taco Bell that even the authorities could show up and you're not going to turn it down? No, here, here's what it is. is. Here, here's the selling point. <laughs> you might get arrested trying to get Taco Bell. You might get thrown into jail at 3 a.m. You might get bailed out at 530. But Taco Bell now has breakfast. So when you're still hungry at 6 a.m., when you're finally free, 
you can come over there, head right back to us and get yourself a breakfast burrito. That's the Taco Bell. Right Taco Bell will throw you in jail and feed you when you get out. All right. No, serious question. Do you think it's that? <laughs> would people laugh at that? Like, <laughs> let's say he actually got an NIL deal from Taco Bell. Would people be like, yeah, that's a bad look? Or do you think the general public would kind of be like, hey, you know what? Way to capitalize on a dumb mistake. I think it's the latter. I think it's funny. It's not going to stop. It's not going to stop my kid from knocking out four Doritos Locos tacos. Mm -hmm. He's a Doritos Locos taco guy. Big Damon, man. Like I, I've seen him just pound four. He eats more. Like that's the thing Live. I can get him to eat is tacos. Live Moss. Live Moss. I'm just trying. I'm trying to think of of all these things. Think outside the bun is was one of their was one of their uh, slogans because they're obviously different from all the other restaurants. This has generated publicity for Taco Bell as well. I mean, who among us is – I'm not going to sit here and judge being in the Taco Bell drive-thru at that time. Uh, it, it, we've all been there. We've all done that. Whether it's us behind the wheel or not, obviously that didn't come into play here, uh, which is why, you know, I mean, thank goodness. That I, this is, a, a like you said, a game suspension. You live and you learn. It is what it is. But I always look at it like uh, – how was there not a manager or a dude hanging with McKenzie that was like, Hey dude, I'll, I'll go with you. Cause if I was in the car with somebody and they were getting so pissed off that they were going to be a problem for the local authorities, I would have been like, Hey, Hey man, I love cheesy gordita crunches as much as the next we gotta guy. Go. We got to go on here. We got to go. He we really needed, on. you know what he needed? You know what he needed? Fanta? He really needed that McKenzie and taco. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> God, well, there's so much that can there's so much that can happen here. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We got it. We got we got to move on because all of us got stuff to do today. All right, so let's get into the Big Twelve preview. Let's get into the Big Twelve conference. I think the most well, we'll talk about Kansas versus Houston versus Baylor, all that in a second. I think the most interesting thing here is that they are adding four teams. One of those teams is Houston. Three of those teams were projected in the Almanac to finish tenth or below. Two of them are projected to be the last two teams in the conference in BYU and UCF. Is this overall a good thing that it's expanding the way that it's expanding? You get rid of the double round Robin, you're going to have the league diluted a little bit. The conference numbers maybe won't be as great. Where do you stand on this deal? I, I love the additions, to be honest with you. I think it's going to take a few years for those teams to kind of catch up with the Big 12 way of recruiting, getting that level of talent in there. And I know everybody says, well, uh, the transfer portal helps you. Yeah, well, sure. But at the same time, a place like BYU where you have inherent recruiting advantages where you can play a couple 26 years old because they go on their LDS missions and everything like that, there, there's built-in advantages to what they're doing. Uh, UCF, I think that's the one that's going to take the most time. But as far as Cincinnati is concerned, like Wes Miller, he's starting to get talent there, especially in the high school recruiting ranks. Like he's he, he's going to be fine. It is going to be a bit of an adjustment for those uh, three. However, I, I love the additions purely from a basketball standpoint. And I mean, what's not the love about Houston? It, it, to me, there's no downside. Do you want the double round Robin? Sure. And I, I'm not sure this is necessarily a bad thing because I feel like the Big 12 over the last couple of years with only having 10 teams and the round Robin and all of that, like it kind of made it impossible to not include them. So for the rest of college basketball, I think it's a good thing. Big news. The Almanac is officially back. The most exhaustive and comprehensive guide to the 2023-24 college basketball season is available for pre-order now. 
If you go to cbbalmanac.com, link is in the description below, you can pre-order for just $15.99 or 20% off the sticker price. The format is going to be a little bit different this season. Instead of an 850-page PDF, you'll be getting access to the full site with league-by-league PDFs available for download. The preview will be live on September 20th. So you have until then to be able to get your pre-orders in. So for insight for all 362 Division I teams from their head coaches and the experts that cover them, make sure you hit that link. Well, if you look at the metrics and you look at Ken Pomeroy, at least in his preseason rankings, eight of the top 36 teams are from the Big 12. And there's nobody from the league that is below 72. So that's that's pretty absurd when you're looking at a 14-team league that 14 of the top 72 slots in Kempom are from the Big 12, from one conference. And he's got BYU in that top 36. So we'll see if, if Coach Pope's Cougars are able to fit in around there. I know that preseason polls and, and projections would, would elect to disagree, but it is a good thing. It's, it's a good thing. Cincinnati can be a great program in college basketball. They were set Agreed. back, and I, I believe in Wes Miller. I like the direction he's going in. You, you, you're absolutely right. Not only are they a brand and a program that adds, right? They're also a, a program that matters when they're good in that they have a terrific fan base. Yes. They really do. It's just they haven't been – they've been dormant for a little while. Now, for the first time in years – there's going to be at least one time, guys, where on a Saturday we turn on our TV and we're actually interested in a game that's at Cincinnati. Let's face it, unless Memphis was coming in or Houston was coming in, it, it just hasn't mattered as much. So I do think it's a good thing. I think the league's been the best in college basketball over the half decade. Did the conference need these teams? No, they're playing the numbers game. They're playing the football game. But the fact of the matter is this. It's very much on the table. I mean, Three of the top seven teams in Kempom are from the Big 12. Could this league have half of the Final Four? Could have three of the Final Four? Hell yes. Yes, it's on the table for at a certain point, if not this year, at a certain point, the Big 12 Conference could match what the Big East did in, in 1985 when they sent three teams to the Final Four. That's on the table in this league. Mm -hmm. They did it in 2000 and oh, was it 2011, 2009? I think it was 2011 that they sent three as well. Or maybe it was three number one seats. I don't know. I'm talking out of my ass right now. Let's talk about uh, Kansas versus Houston. I, I want to I start on Kansas because it feels like consensus is, T.O., that this is the best team in college basketball, right? I think everyone's kind of agreed yeah. to that. Um, but I, we're kind of getting to a point where I'm, I'm looking at them and like, all right, they have a really great starting five, but they're don't two best shooters. Don't talk out of this one. No, but it's not not as the best team, but just as like, okay, is it is it really obvious or is it more, you know, them, Duke, Purdue, Houston? There's a bunch of teams that are all really, really good because and here's I'll make the argument to you. They uh they don't really have that much of a bench. It's like Nick Timberlake and then a guy that was a, a walk on in Missouri and a freshman coming in from Australia, like that's their bench, right? And then you have your two best shooters are the two guys that would be involved in all your pick and rolls in Hunter Dickinson and, and Dewan Harris. Like, is there going to be enough floor spacing? I don't know. I don't, I just, I guess my question is, is it Kansas versus the field in this league as much as it is like Kansas is probably the best team, but Houston's right there and Baylor's right there and Kansas state ain't that far behind and Texas ain't that far behind. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Go ahead, John. I'll let you take this one first because I talk too much. Okay. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes. I do think it's Kansas versus the field because I do think that we're grasping for straws a little bit when we're trying to break down Kansas's potential deficiencies. And, and I do think that this year in this league, like other than Houston, I don't know if I trust anyone to win the league to win the league. The fact is Baylor's young. I mean, there's, they still, they've got questions to answer here. They, they had turnover. I think they're going to be quite all right. I think they will be a top 25 team, but you know, well, how good will this group be defensively? I love the addition of Ray J Dennis. I, I love watching him previously uh, at Toledo. I thought he was an outstanding score. How does he transition into the big 12? And, you, know, you bring in Jaden Nunn from VCU. You've got Jacoby Walter, who we're all excited to watch. But the fact is, this is a group that said goodbye to Adam Flagler, Keontae George, LJ Cryer, and, and Flo Thamba as well. Baylor said goodbye to a lot. So, I mean, I, I'm looking at them and I'm saying, I don't know how much I trust them to win the conference. Texas, do I love Max A. Smith? 100%. Uh, but the people down in Austin behind the scenes, they looked at their Big 12 schedule. The Big 12 did them no favors as they're an outgoing member. Uh, they knew exactly what they were doing, right? Texas doesn't get Kansas in their home building. Texas has one trip, one game against Kansas this year. It happens to be at Allen Fieldhouse. There's a reason for that, and the Big 12 made that very clear when mapping out their schedules for the two teams that are leaving for the SEC. Things are set up for Kansas to win this conference because I'm looking at the fact that Houston does not have Marcus Sasser anymore. Houston has... Good players, and Houston should be able to weave it together and be a top-10 potential team. But we don't exactly know if L.J. Cryer, Damian Dunn, and Jamal Shedd, how how great they're going to be in January and February. I think they can evolve and continue to mix and be, be great in March, but I'm sorry. I'm not betting against Bill Self working with Hunter Dickinson, having his point guard, Dewan Harris, having Kevin McCuller and K.J. Adams. And, and I got to tell you guys, 
I don't think Nick Timberlake's getting enough love nationally. This kid right. is, is a relentless competitor, and he is a dynamic sharpshooter. He makes shots. And in the Kansas system, in any system it works, but at Kansas, Bill Self takes his best shot makers and puts them in a position to be great. I think it's Kansas against the field, and I'll take Kansas. Uh, Robbie D., I'm going with uh, Johnny F., I, I, it's Kansas versus everybody. And I really like what Houston's put together and we know what kind of culture they bring in. Samson's done an absolutely tremendous job there. LJ Cryer is going to be good. I'm a, I'm a fan of Damian Dunn. That all being said, it's Kansas. Hunter Dickinson, there is no better player coach uh, match than those two. Uh, what have we said for what the last three years we've been doing this podcast? There's nobody more creative at getting post touches for his five man than Bill Self. Well, Hunter Dickinson's now that five man. They're not messing around with David McCormick, and that's no disrespect to him. He's just not Hunter Dickinson. So it's like they're going to be able to score almost at will at times with that size advantage, and there's enough back there behind them to where you don't need but seven or eight guys if you stay healthy. And that obviously that hinges on a lot. Something happens to Hunter Dickinson, knock on wood, you, you know, the things change, but I, I think their shot making is going to be fine. Dewan Harris is an underrated winner. That's what he is. He's a winner. That's all he does. That's all he's ever done is win. So I'm a massive fan of his. Kevin McCullough, if he improves a little bit, great news. Also a terrific defender. They have what they need, and uh, you just can't bet against Bill Self. And, and he seemed, whenever you guys did an interview with him, I want to say over the summer, Rob, uh, you and Jeff, like he seemed, I'm not going to say the words reinvigorated because – his passion never really waned, it seemed like. But coming back from what happened at the NCAA tournament, uh, listening to uh, his voice as he was talking about the upcoming season, uh, it, I, I'm picking Kansas against everybody else. Yeah, he uh, he definitely is out pick to prove field. something. Pick the field. Well, no, I, I in a situation like this, I'm always going to pick the field, right? Like if you're going to say, if, if you say, you don't believe that. Yeah, I do. You don't believe that. Yeah, I think that I think you have to take the field in a situation like this in a league that's as good as this. I do think Kansas is the favorite, and I would have them ranked number one. But if you're going to say Kansas or the field, I got to pick one of them. I probably would take the field because someone might get a share of that title, and I think Houston is very, very good. Um, I do think it is interesting that uh, I don't know if you saw his quote from the press conference after um, the uh, the ruling was uh, from the IARP came out, but he was like, "Now we got something to prove." Like. We have the uh, the guardrails are off, right? We're off the chain. And if you look at what they've done since this came down, they've won like four Big 12 regular season titles. They won a couple Big 12 tournament titles. They made a Final Four in 2018. They won the national title in 2022. They're preseason number one right now. They would have been the favorite to win the title in 2020. Like, what is Kansas? How much better can you get than that, right? How much better can you get? Where, where are they going to go from here? We're actually going to get, you know, if they want to, uh, I guess five star kids, but he's flourished with getting the forty to seventy guys. So I, I don't know where he goes from here. He's found a formula that works. <laughs> yes, he's found. A well, formula where that works. I mean, where do you go from here? You you try to build a, a, a what Villanova did under Jay for those couple of years, 2016, 18, What could have happened a couple of years ago if Justin Moore doesn't go down with a season ending Achilles injury? I mean, now you're now you're sitting there saying all the pieces are in place to win national championships, and you've been able to win two. So now can you sit here and and say how do we make it more? I mean that that's that's what you're targeting here, right? I 
I think that that Bill Self's in a position to enter into the category of, you know, everybody talks about him being a gangster and all this stuff. And we know it's out there. But the fact of the matter is this. He was able to avoid anything major with with the now defunct IARP. You said it, Terrence. He knows how to build his he can get any kid he wants. He can get any kid he wants. He's got the luxury of he's got the best of every world. And in a world where a lot of coaches have hung it up, he's got a leg up on every other coach, right? Yeah. So so for me, I mean, there's nothing that he can't do. Why not? Why can't Bill Self become a four or five time national champion? And and the, the next step is that maybe in 10 years when we put together a college basketball Mount Rushmore, that you have to say Self's name there. Right now, who are, what are the names you have to say? You have to say Shashevsky, and you have to say Wood. Then it's like it's subjective. We could all come with different arguments for different people, right? Yeah. On a college right? basketball Mount Rushmore, I think you have to say Patino. I would make the argument that you have to say Patino. Okay, you have to say Patino. That's three. You only get one more. Somebody would argue Calhoun. Somebody Dean would Smith. argue what? Dean Smith. Yeah. yeah, you know Dean Smith. Somebody would argue. You know, somebody would present a case for Roy. I mean, there, there's cases that can be made for for a bunch of different people in ten years. Bill Self could remove all that and say, yeah, I'm the greatest of all time. Yeah, he's got to get I think he's got to get at least one more, maybe uh, maybe two more. All right. Let's talk a little bit about Houston, because I do think this is a. It's going to be an interesting year because I think we're going to see a little bit of a different look in terms of how this roster is built. Right. The one thing Samson did not do this uh, this spring was go out in the portal and try to bolster the front line a little bit. He went out and he got LJ Cryer, a guard. He went out and he got Damian Dunn. A guard. He brought in a couple of freshmen, Joseph Tugler and, and, and Jacob McFarland. Um, and he's got a kid named Sed Lott, who was a a, a a redshirt freshman that sat out last season. And he's bringing back Javier Francis. But it's those four guys behind Jawan Roberts. And if you talk to people around Houston, here's what they'll tell you. Terrence Arsenal, Emmanuel Sharp are the two guys that are going to have big, big years that nobody's expecting. Combine that with Jamal Shedd. I mentioned Damian Dunn and LJ Cryer. I think we're going to see a lot of four guard lineups this year from Kelvin Sampson. Yeah. And, and they're still going to be tough. I know, but like when you think of Houston, you think of tough, physical, big, rebounding, that kind of stuff. Is it going to work with four guards, Theo? Yeah, I mean it should. And Terrence Arsenault was the guy that I was going to break up. I was going to bring up just because he he only averaged just under four points a game last year, but it was because they just had so much that, and he had an opportunity to learn for a year. Uh, they're going to miss Jarris Walker. That dude's a beast. Uh, mm-hmm. You just you see how good he's been early in the NBA season. Like he is a beast. They're going to miss him. Yeah. Outside of that, I mean, you know, how could you argue with a lot of the stuff? You have so many different playmakers and guys that can make something happen for somebody else. Uh, the style of play is going to change a little bit, but it's going to be interesting to see because he did do a lot of like Jarris Walker four, somebody else at the five. Like we're going to be massive, and it, it's gone the other direction. So. Uh, th- there's a lot of playmaking dudes though on that team. It's hard to look past them. But I, I, if if it were me right now, I'm picking Houston too. Yeah, I think I'd pick Houston too as well. Phantom, my favorite thing. I don't know how much you guys have talked with Kelvin Sampson, but as yeah, he's, he's getting great. older and he stops uh, stops giving a fuck as much and is willing to just kind of be out there and be himself, he might be the most underrated quotable coach in the country. This is what he told me about Terrence Arsenal for the Almanac. He's never faced any kind of adversity in basketball. He won two state titles and hit game winners. He thinks the world he thinks like the world is Disney World, but there's no magic kingdom in the Guy V. Lewis practice facility. I love that. 
He said he basically what he said is like we had to bring him in and, and toughen his ass up a little bit. They put 30 pounds of muscle on him. I think we're going to see a big year from old uh, T.A. over there. Uh, another another uh, all quote was I'm looking for the shih tzus in this conference. There are none. <laughs> there are none. There he, are said, none. he said they're all German shepherds, man. Where's the shih tzus? Where's the chihuahuas at? <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a Rottweiler. Oh, my God. That's a pit bull. <laughs> He's he so said good. That, the big so dog park, man. <laughs> it is. But you know what? You know what? He, if it comes to toughness, when it comes to toughness, nobody's going to want to be in a room with Houston. I mean, they, they're going to win any, they, they are the team that when, when, you know, the, the Twitter expression, they think it's a show. And mm-hmm. Houston, Houston knows it's a fight. I'm sorry. If you think it's a show when you're playing against them, you might as well pack your bags and go home. That quality is still going to be there. But look, what I think of with – I'm with you, uh, Terrence, on Jairus Walker. You know, he he embodied that toughness. The, the fact is, to me, the the, the guy that I'm, I'm most intrigued to see if we see the growth in is Terrence Arsenal because – he was a very highly touted recruit. You know, didn't see a whole lot of action last year. Averaged only 14 minutes per game. Kelvin has said that Arsenal is, is poised to take a step up, but what does that look like? Not exactly known for his perimeter shot. He shot 25% from three in a limited sample size. But, but you know, that, that's something that I'm looking at with this team. And then I just think Jawan Roberts, and here's my preseason name this week, is it Javier Francis? Javier Francis. Yeah, he's it's the Javier big Javier Francis. So they're counting on those guys in their front court. This is not a team with a seven-footer. All right, This is not a team, right? This is not a team with some majorly imposing presence uh, down low. They, they've got a six-foot-11 freshman named Jacob McFarland. He's a freshman. He's a, uh, he's a year away. It, it's the, the two guys off the bench are going to be JoJo Tugler and Sedlot. Um, but the thing I love about him is that Jojo Tugler, Jojo Tugler, big fan. great name. Um, but the, the thing I love about the the Kelvin Sampson big guys is he just goes out and finds six, eight dudes with seven, six wingspan that just think they, they, they they're there to win the fight. Like you said, fan. And he just he, there's a never ending run of these guys. Will the, the, the biggest thing for me is is not Jamal Shed, LJ Cryer, Damian Dunn being able to score. I mean, you're, you're talking about a trio of guys that can average over 40 points per game together, mm-hmm. right? The question is, like you said, they built the roster a little bit differently. Will that backcourt be able to maintain this hard-nosed defensive tenacity that we've seen from Houston teams in the last four or five years? I, I think they will simply because I think at Houston it's uh it's a non-negotiable, right? Like sure. if you're not gonna if you don't if you don't play that way, then you're gonna your ass is gonna be on no, it. It's like a bar cover. Yep. Yeah, you got <laughs> to pay the tab to get in. That's what um, you see this. All right, I got a I got a take for you guys. Tell me if you think that this is hot or not. Uh, most polls have Baylor ranked somewhere in like the eighteen to twenty two range, right? I would make the argument that Baylor right now is the most undervalued national title contender that there is in terms of what the public opinion is, and here's why: if you look at what made Baylor great in the from twenty twenty until twenty twenty two. Is that they always had a very good, uh, they were really good offensively. They had great guards. They spaced the floor. They could create. And they combined that with having an elite defense. They couldn't guard anybody last year. They had three little guys in the backcourt that didn't really want to do anything. This year, 
You add Jaden Nunn, a dog from VCU. You add Jacoby dog. Walter, who's six five and long and is a good defender. You add Ray dog. J. Dennis, who uh, who can guard, but I think is going to be a, is a lot more talented. Like everyone's talking about Tyler Perry, Max Ace mistransferring in. I think Ray J. Dennis is in the conversation for the best addition. offensive dog. Yes, addition at the point guard spot. Jalen Bridges, we saw his breakout late last year. I think Oodle. that Baylor is going to be really, really good because they're going to be really good offensively, and I think they're going to take a big step up on the defensive end. I love this group, Fanta. I really like them, and, and you just said it. Defensively last year was not the Baylor that we've become accustomed to seeing. You know, they they went into the NCAA tournament, and Creighton really just picked them apart, and that was a great Creighton team, but that was part of the theme last year. They just they could never fully settle in defensively. And I, I think that they've now got a group that that's going to be able to to perform at that level. Uh, for for them to have Jalen Bridges and Everyday John, Jonathan Chamwa Chachua still in the picture. They've got guys who understand what Scott Drew's about, what the program's about, and they're going to be settled in in the front court. It, it's by every single account, I have heard Jacoby Walter is a dog. Really Just good. Tough, hard-nosed player who's beyond his years. Uh, I'm not going to tell you lies on this spot. I have not watched him play in person. I know that Terrence Oglesby has. But he – somebody said this to me at Peach Jam, that, that Walter is the epitome of a Scott Drew recruit. So when you bring in that caliber of a player, right, who is in line to hear his name called next June – this is a team that when you combine the guys that they've brought in in the backcourt in Ray J. Dennis and Jaden Nunn, I mean, when you need a bucket, Ray J. is going to be there for you. So veteran coach, veteran front court, that's out to prove something, unbelievable freshman talent, and you hit it nicely in the transfer portal. Yes, is Baylor getting undervalued? Without question. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree for for all intents and purposes for what you said. I I think another thing is having Ray J. Dennis, uh, who's been extremely successful in college, you kind of have that go-to score early in the season. And then as we've seen in recent years, you have to have this blend of older talent with young super talent. And I would throw Jacoby Walter in there. Uh, Myro Little's a very, very good player. But uh, they're going to have guys that can take over – at the end of the game. And whenever you're fighting some of these, you know, tooth and nail drag outs that happen in the big 12, like you're going to have somebody that can create something at the end of the clock. And to me, guys shot creation at every level of basketball is just at such a premium. And when you have guys that can do that with consistency and Ray J Dennis has proven he can do that with consistency. And he can, he comes from Toledo. He comes from the Mac and people are like, well, he's taking a The Mac is a tough, tough league good. to score buckets in and the fact that he averaged almost 20 a game in the mac let me let me put this into context changing let me let me put that into context real quick look at the numbers that imani bates put up in the mac last year look at the numbers that ray j dennis put up in the mac last year and look at what imani bates is doing right now with the Cavs. all right just use that as context for what ray j dennis averaged 19.5 and 5.8 assists on like 48 percent shooting from the field and 36 percent shooting from three dude's a ball on a toledo team that was really freaking good Mm mm-hmm Really good. 
Yeah. yeah. So uh, having having a guy that can create at the end of the clock with consistency is huge. And then as Jacoby Walter gets more comfortable, that gives you two guys to go along with everything that Fanta said uh, defensively and and, you know, Jalen Bridges coming back and being a piece and Chemwa Chachua coming back. How long has he been in college? Feels like forever. It's like, like him having a season. Room. Yeah. Ha- having a season of health. Uh, there, there's so much to like, and, and you just don't bet against Scott Drew. And then now he's got the bodies and the athletes to play defense like he wants to. They're going to be really tough. Yeah, two things I'll say. One is uh, Eve Missy, the freshman from Prolific Pep, uh, pr- uh, Prolific Prep, the Pep, it, the 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 Prolific Pep uh, is going to be a good player. Um, and yes. then uh, Myro Little um, is he didn't get there until late. I think he got there in August because he was playing with his national team. So he's another guy that like is going to give you a boost late in the season. And uh, hopefully Langston Love will be able to um, have an impact this year. He was a little banged up this offseason. So uh, when he gets back healthy, then uh, that will be a nice little bump as well. Myra so. Little, another Finnish person coming over. You love uh, you love those Scandinavians, T.O. That, that I do. Sure. Finnish kids are tough too, man. Oof, right. A lot tougher um, than Norwegians. I I do think that two of the more interesting storylines are going to end up being Kansas State and Texas, right? And I'm curious where you guys stand on these two teams because I think they are very, very similar in the sense that uh, Jerome Tang and Rodney Terry both, I think it's fair to say, outperformed expectations in what was effectively um, their both of their first seasons at head coaches as head coaches at those two programs. Both of them are bringing in uh, all like mid-major All-American point guards and, and Max A. Smith and Tyler Perry. Um, and both of them have a couple of players on their rosters and, you know, a Dylan Mitchell and, and Arthur Kaluma uh, and Aquan Tomlin players like that, who we're all expecting to to kind of take a leap and can be kind of, if you want to talk about like national X factors or whatever, I think you put those guys in those conversations. So if, uh, if you're betting TO's um, Valley sports salary on this uh, Fanta, who is going to be better this season, Kansas state or Texas and why? Oh, uh, that's a hell of a question. I'm going to go with Kansas State. I'm going to go with Kansas State. Uh, I, I I think that Tyler Perry and Arthur Kaluma are going to be able to to step up to the plate and and keep the winning going. Uh, obviously, what Kaluma was part of last year at Creighton, I think that that only translates. Perry uh, comes from a winning program in North Texas. Naquan Tomlin is one of my favorite players in. in college basketball because his motor is relentless and he's a guy that yes his stats show up but he does so much more than just his stats his stats will be louder this year too they're going to be louder they're going to be louder this this to me uh, i understand the whole take about year one outperforming but i just think there's a little bit more depth and a little bit more known uh in the little apple than there is a texas and it's not to say that i don't like the way that texas could play uh, and I don't like the Texas potential, but but guys, you know, Marquise Noel was unbelievable, but Texas lost Marcus Carr, Serge Jabari Rice. Who, if you look at Serge Jabari Rice over over the last month of last season, he He's was a, a starter. He was absolutely phenomenal for Texas. Timmy Allen, Christian Bishop. I mean, they they had a solid off season. To me, if Dylan Mitchell can play to the level that he was recorded to be capable of heading into college, then my answer would change. But I just don't know if I trust Dylan enough on the offensive end of the floor yet to say that. 
And so it's for that reason that I like the, the, the nucleus of Perry, Kaluma, Tomlin, and the energy surrounding that program, the way that they play and what Tang did in a full year one. At the end of the day, I mean, I'm just being honest here. Yeah, he did it with, with guys that he was within the program. But but Jerome had a, a full year there, wrote out the journey. To me, Rodney took over in a situation. It's nothing. It's not to put any blame against Rodney. I, I want to make that very clear. I discredit him. But those were old, old dudes at Texas that just took a horrible situation and tried to make it something positive for them. For that reason, I like the nucleus at Kansas State a little bit more. I'm going with the Wildcats. Yeah. Uh, both still very good. And then they also had Quez Glover, who's going to come off the bench, who is a lightning rod point guard. So they're going to have two small guards that can both get 20 quickly. Not not, not kind of fast over the course of four minutes. So uh, Arthur Kaluma, I thought, never really got his due when it came to like how good a ISO score he actually is. I think he's going to slide over and be really good in the Big 12. I think it's going to be pretty easy. Um, here's another thing, too. When it comes to Texas, I just for argument's sake, I, I'm on the Kansas State wagon too, for what it's worth, because Naquan Tomlin's a dude, and he's going to continue to be a dude, and he's going to be even better this year with some guys, but uh, with some more guys around him where he's a little bit more heavily featured. Tyler Perry's obviously great, but Tomlin's going to explode. So just throwing that out there. When it comes to Texas, though, I think Caden Shedrick was a really under – valued transfer addition and when i say undervalued it, he's not a name that people know right off the bat because he played at virginia and was used sparingly he didn't fit that system because he's this long rangey shot blocking guy that can step out a little bit they don't do that at virginia and sometimes he struggled i think he's going to be good in that system alongside athletes dylan mitchell's going to be good dylan DeSue's going to be back like max Asmus and tyrese hunter that's going to be a backcourt to be reckoned with those are two really, really good players, older players, that I think we'll be able to feed off each other. And if there's one thing we we learned last year with Tyrese Hunter is his ability to play either guard spot and do so uh, unselfishly. He's willing to let the ball go at times. And his ability to be, be able to go back and forth uh, with those guard spots is huge. And that allowed Rodney and the Longhorns to – go out and get a Smith just simply because, Hey, we know what Tyrese can do for us at both guard spots. And sometimes he's willing to let that ball go. Uh, both teams are going to be really good, but if I had to pick one, I would go Kansas state just because of all the, all those reasons you mentioned, but a uh, huge Naquan Tomlin guy. I know Tyler Perry is getting a lot of the, the headlines, but Naquan's coming. I'm just telling you. Yeah. They also love uh data AMs, uh, data Ames, the freshman from Chicago. Uh, yeah. Another tough, the, your typical six-one tough Chicago guard got, got a lot of Jacob pulling in them. Um, I I tend to lean Texas, but I do think that the fact that Texas is ranked twelfth in the Almanac and Kansas State is unranked uh, says a lot about where people view them. So I think that at this point, like Kansas, the, it's a coin flip, and I don't understand why there's that much of a gap between the uh, the way that people view them. All right, Texas Tech, TCU, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. Cincinnati, Oklahoma, West Virginia. Who there's there's a lot of other good teams in this league. Uh, give me one that you think is kind of being undervalued, a, a team that you think can make a run. Like where where do you stand on the rest of this conference? Because I think there are there's to me there's a clear cut top five, and then there's like seven other schools that if things go right can all kind of find a way to get into the NCAA tournament. I I like TCU, man. 
I, I think I TCU. I do good. too. Yeah. Uh, Ernest Uday Jr. was a really good player. He just got stuck behind some other really good players at Kansas. He's going to be awesome. Jameer Nelson, J- Jameer Nelson Jr. was a bucket at Delaware. They got an, a really good player there. And Avery Anderson's one of the best athletes in that league. I mean, he's what, 6'2, a buck 70, but man, he's everywhere. And he plays so stinking hard that they just have too many guys not to be good. And uh, I'll never put it past. Uh, Oh, gosh, brain fart. Jamie Dixon. I'll never put it past Jamie Dixon to have a tough, competitive, rugged bunch that's going to be really difficult to play at home. I, I think TCU is really good. Yeah, and I think you found an answer, T.O., in, in terms of how he wants to play with Mike Miles and Damian Ball and getting up and down the floor. He went out and got two speedsters from the portal, uh, from, the portal from, from the portal and Jameer Nelson Jr. and Avery Anderson. I'm having a tough time today, man. You should have heard that me yesterday. Try to, you. That workout's whooping you. You should have heard me yesterday try to say <laughs> anonymously. I messed it up like four straight times, man. It's 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 rough. Anonymously, it's rough. unanimously, it's that time of year. Anonymously. <laughs> that's that's exactly what I said. Anonymously. <laughs> Talk well, to me about TCU, Fanna. Okay, well, I, I I love them. I mean, I I think that when I saw them picked eighth in the almanac, I got to be honest with you, I was a little bit surprised. And and don't get me wrong, losing Mike Miles Jr. is a huge loss. We know what he meant, but. Remember, Mike Miles was out of the equation for some time last year, and TCU, despite they, they lost their season opener, but despite that, they they were able to piece things together, and that's kind of how Jamie Dixon does things. Watching Jameer Nelson Jr., he's a high-level guard. He's a freak of an athlete, an absolute freak of an athlete. You will see that in the Big 12. He'll have at least one dunk this year that makes you say, holy smokes. You know, Avery Anderson the third. One thing I always look at in the transfer portal is guys who haven't been to the NCAA tournament who are going to a program to make the NCAA tournament make a run. And uh, Avery obviously wanted a change in destination, right, from Oklahoma State. So he comes to TCU where they've been making it. They've been consistent. O'Bannon Jr., uh, Emmanuel Miller. I mean, Emmanuel Miller at six foot seven to average 12 and 7 he's per so game. so underrated, man. He's I so underrated. He really is underrated. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the country. Mm-hmm. Not to mention at six foot seven, Emmanuel Miller, he shot the basketball close to 40% from three last year. So I really like Emmanuel related to uh G League Ignite product Leonard Miller, by the way. Fun fact, same, same family. Um, and then you know, Ernest Sude is is gonna be tough, hard nosed, make things happen. Not not to mention Micah Peavy off the bench Travion Tennyson from Texas A&M Corpus Christi and just Jamie's such a good coach you know the the reason why Jamie Dixon doesn't get more credit nationally is because he's got a little bit of Matt Painter syndrome like he hasn't always had the most success in in the NCAA tournament sorry coach paint I mean I I think you're going to overcome that this year but I, I I think Jamie's unfortunately been on the wrong end of things when his teams just play Really, really freaking hard. They've got too many veterans. I mean, they're the team that I would pick, Rob, but I'm going to tee you up here because I, I I, hope you might be going in this direction. The team I'm most fascinated by outside that top group of four or five is Grant McCaslin and Texas Tech for obvious reasons because I just am really curious to see how Coach McCaslin puts the initial stamp on this program. Yeah, I think that they're going to be – they're going to be better than what people expect just because I think Grant McCaslin is good enough to be able to coach him up. But I mean, you look at the talent on the roster and I just, I don't know, is there an all big 12 player 
on that team. And I don't know if there's an all big 12 player on the team. That's kind of what I come back to um, with Texas tech. Uh, I think Iowa state is someone that we're not talking about enough. I know they lost a bunch, but Taman Lipsy is a stud. Uh, the Keyshawn Gilbert kid they brought in from UNLV is going to be really, really good. And good player. Yeah. Good and, player. and, and um, Omaha Baloo is, uh, is really good and fits what they want to do well. But the, the guy to keep an eye on there is the freshman uh, Milan Momsilovic. They have the the Serbian kid coming in who is uh brings a different dynamic. He can really score and he's really versatile. Monchilovic. Monchilovic. Um he's Monchilovic. one to keep an eye on. Um I wanted to mention them. Uh West Oklahoma Virginia. State. Oklahoma State. Well, I, I wanted to go with Oklahoma first because I think that Oklahoma oh. is a team that a lot of people are completely overlooking and no one's paying any attention to. JV McCollum, Milos Uzan, and Otego Owe is is about as good of a one, two, three as you're going to find outside of like the top three or four teams in this conference. And I, I mean, look, look at the numbers that Uzan put up over the last like two months of last season, right? Javen McCollum is a speedster. I think that if you take into the idea that, uh, that Oklahoma put together a roster that where they prior- prioritize nothing but like shooting and athleticism and speed this off season, I think they're one, going to play a little bit of a different style than they did last year. And two, I think we're going to see a lot more talent. I mean, the, the Suarez. I think, JV McCollum's, in for, I think JV McCollum's in for a rude awakening. You think so? Yeah. I saw him a couple times last year. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong, but he's a buck 45 soaking wet. That is not the league to be small. That, I that mean, is not the league to be small. So how do you feel about Max Acemus then? That, that's, that's where I come back to. Yeah, but he's old and like, he's done it and, and, when you're averaging 30, that's different. When you're averaging 15 <laughs> at Siena, that's different. When you've scored 2,562 yeah. points. What are you saying? That J.V. McCollum didn't play in the Elite Eight? Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying, T.O.? What do you insinuate? That's what I'm saying. That's what, what I'm saying. Oh, I Also, Oklahoma State, I got to throw this out there. They had a really good freshman class. The, the, Jamiron Kelly's a bull. Uh, Brandon Garrison was ranked highly. So was Eric Daly Jr. This kid, Justin McBride. Is so much was so much fun to watch at the Peach Jam. He's not the most athletic dude. He's not the most explosive guy. He just finds ways to score. He played with Liam McNeely on that Drive Nation team two years mm-hmm. ago. Oof, he is a good, good, good player. They're gonna love having him. Oklahoma State beat Kansas for him. So like, good player. And hey, uh, Javon Small. Yes, that's what I was about to say. Transfers in from East Carolina. Last time somebody transferred in from East Carolina and played the point guard position. Would be Tristan Effing Newton and the Connecticut Huskies. Yeah, Javon Small is going to be very, very, very good. He's someone that I think is uh, is not East getting Carolina any- feeder yeah. school feeder school. Um, no, but Javon Small he averaged sixteen five and and five and a half assists and shot forty percent from the floor and thirty three percent from the three. He's 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 very very and he good. should help Oklahoma State be better offensively. Yes, which is something that's needed. Yeah, and well, they I mean, they 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 turned over their whole roster too. I mean, yeah, they they kept they kept Bryce. They kept, and and to your to your point, John, they they needed to because of that. Yeah, um, I, I think that the Bryce Bryce Thompson and Javon Small together in their backcourt is going to be good. Uh, the whole it, it's what it's going to come down to for Oklahoma State is whether Eric Daly lives up to the hype that he had like three years ago. You know, is he going to be that like five star kind of? McDonald's All-American caliber player, or is he going to be the guy that was kind of, um, I don't, maybe it's not fair to say he got a bad reputation, but whatever. And then Isaiah Miranda, like he's an absolute freak, redshirt freshman from North Carolina State. Last thing, I just 30 seconds from each of you guys. Raekwon Battle had his transfer waiver um, 
denied and it's being appealed by the NCAA. He's a two-time transfer that did not graduate from Montana State. So he should have known going in that he probably wasn't going to end up getting a waiver. He also left the school after his coach took a new job. Where do you guys stand on whether or not a player in that specific situation should be able to play? Because I fall on, uh, I can see either side of the argument here. Fanta, why don't you go first? If a coaching change is made, the players should be allowed to transfer wherever they want to. It doesn't matter how many times they've transferred previously. You play for a coach. You suit up for a coach. I am so tired of this crap with the transfer waivers. There was a coaching change made. He's deciding on a new destination. He doesn't work for that boss anymore. And I say boss. I know they're student athletes. But at the end of the day, this is professional sports now. I'm so tired of this BS. Okay? It's absolutely ridiculous that Raekwon Battles waiver got denied. And I would say it about anybody. If a co- Again. For the third time, if a coaching change is made, you're allowed to go wherever the hell you want. You don't need me. I agree with Fanta. Yes, that's where I land on it as well. Listen, this has been the Big 12 Preview DTF Podcast Field of 68. We're going to get into the SEC next week. We're going to try to calm Fanta down just a little bit. I don't need you. If you can see the V in the background, he is at the Villanova building. I don't need you uh, breaking anything. I don't need Kyle Neptune getting mad at us. T.O.'s throwing water bottles all over the There's place. I think line behind me. No, oh, crack it open. Um, listen, uh, Field of 68, likes, rate, review, subscribe, do all those things that make us happy as podcasters. And we will see you guys again next week. Nine days, baby. Nine days. College basketball season. It's almost here.